Yo, what up? It's Otaku Beef, and I'm Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-Double-V. So this is a special after uh, Game of Thrones episode where we're going to talk about Season 7, Episode 1, Dragonstone. Now, don't expect me to remember the names of the episodes every single time, but I thought since the episode just aired... I just finished watching it. Me and my girl were watching it. I was like, yo, let me get my thoughts with the podcast people who may or may not be watching an After Thrones episode. The ones that are coming out on YouTube uh, are probably going to come out on the After Buzz tomorrow morning or tonight. Uh, So I think some of them air live, but, you know, I'm going to put mine out right now as well. So, one, it feels really fucking good to have Game of Thrones back. So, just the fact that it's been gone for as long as it's been gone. The last season was so amazing. Everybody is now, they've re-upped on their HBO uh, Now accounts. If they don't have cable or they don't have HBO, they re-upped on HBO. And people have been waiting forever. So, I'm going to say this from the get-go. Every single one of these is going to be spoiler heavy so if you haven't watched the first episode of game of thrones and you're wondering if you should watch this season or you want to hear what i think about it just to decide if you're going to watch the season the answer is yes watch the season now if you don't want to be spoiled turn this off because i'm just going to go in i'm going to do whatever whatever came up awesome awesome stuff all right, spoilers starting now for this entire podcast. I'm going to put this out tonight as well so you guys can pull it from your podcast app. Anyone that wants to hear the Game of Thrones Season 7, I'm Zid Raw. This is Otaku Beef. So, I love this episode. I thought this episode was strong. And everything about it was just exactly what we wanted we wanted to know what is everybody doing now what situation are they going to be in and what do they want basically now what's crazy is right we don't know if they're actually going to stay in these locations because one of the tenets of game of thrones is that for the most part characters will kind of stay in the same location the same areas be uh doing kind of like the same activity throughout a season they'll travel a little bit not too much but every now and then they do like last couple of seasons Tyrion's been on the move and I want to say Brienne has been on the move sometimes their move is to travel but it's usually about one thing so they're starting where they're starting we show Jon Snow and Sansa in the north, kind of getting the armies ready. What are we going to do with this king beyond the wall, the dead king, the night king? He's coming for us with the White Walkers. And it was so amazing where they had this open battlefield and they just show them walking. And it's brittle snow, brittle cold, and they're just marching. And you just get this sheer terror because when you see this, you start applying it to how would you feel? How would I react? These things, they don't stop marching. They don't need rest. They don't need sleep. All they... And they don't feel the weather. Those bitter temperatures, human beings, they're not going to survive. Period. So, seeing this, you just see disadvantage after disadvantage after disadvantage. 
And the fact that they have an army head, the Night King, and a bunch of other of the whites whom are thinking beings means that they are going to... It means that they are going to... Um, have direction because one of the the major advantage that human beings have against like zombies like say the walking dead is that they they are thinking beings they can avoid stuff we have a brain these things have a brain directing them telling them what to do moving them towards people it's frightening brilliant opening but that wasn't the opening the opening right the opening was about Man, it was about Arya coming into her own. What I wish that she was doing earlier on, she's finally doing. More on that. So Arya is one of the faceless. And I felt that last season her story was the weakest. I think the way that things were laid out and the way they tried to explain what she was doing, how she learned her abilities, if she learned her abilities, was poorly handled. I think it's just because some of the things that you can do in a book don't translate as well when it comes to uh, television. And I also feel that they just didn't have enough time where to get the feel of a gradual increase in skill, you would need a little bit more time to show it. I also felt that they would need more time to really teach the actress who's playing Arya martial arts, whereas I feel that her skill when it comes to physicality and fighting, it doesn't translate as that depth or that impressive from what I can tell. Now, that's just how it feels to me. So when I was coming into the season, I wasn't really expecting much from Arya at all other than, okay, she's back. Maybe she'll meet John. Maybe she'll meet Sansa. You never really know. From what we're getting, we're getting full on Arya vengeance queen going after like she the cold open is just brilliant and it was funny because like they showed us basically previously in all seven episodes of game of thrones all seven seasons six seasons of game of thrones before the show even started they just showed clip after clip after clip and then one of the clips was from last season where Arya kills walter frey now we kind of somewhat know the technique of the faceless men the technique is someone dies they basically donate their their likeness to the many-faced god which is basically their face gets peeled cleaned and then they're and used by these trained assassins uh aria supposedly learned this technique i don't really we don't really know the magics of how is it that putting on someone's face legitimately gets you to look like them, sound like them, act like them, and fool people. Because if you if you were to do this realistically, you just look like you were having like sausage casing over your face or something crazy or grotesque or something like that. But that's part of the magic of the show, though we never really learned that. It was very awesome to see it in action and to see her stay in character. She turns to the serving girl um, she has all the serving girls bring out this wine to the all the phrase. She gathers all the phrase in the house. And I knew it was coming because I was like, we saw Walder Frey die in the previously on Game of Thrones. So I'm like, there's only one person that can be Arya with the faceless men. 
And as soon as they start coking, choking and coughing, and I was like, yes, this is exactly what we wanted to see. We wanted to see this deadly assassin. What can she do with this new skill set? Is she a faceless man? The faceless men were feared and spoken to as if people of legend. So in seeing them actually like what they can do, we're ex- expecting and anticipating kind of like big things. And it's pretty cool because one, we're kind of waiting for the Starks to rise again. I mean, it's no joke that the, the books are so brilliantly written that George R. R. Martin knows how to make a character likable despite their flaws. Jon Snow is honest to a fault. Honest and loyal to a fault. He doesn't really have too much of the strategic mind in his body. He's just super likable, loves people, and wants to do right by everybody. And it could get him could get him killed. Tyrion is self-doubting. He's a lech and he is a romantic to a fault. But yet, and we can go on and on, but the characters that are terrible, they're terrible because they're human in their terribleness, they're petty, they're they're dumb at the expense of others, they're selfish, and the selfless are the ones to get killed, but I thought it's, I think it's so brilliant how we've been rooting for the Starks since the get-go, from the jump, and now we're finally getting that satisfaction we've always wanted. So we're continuing on with this spoiler-filled review, reaction to Game of Thrones Season 7, Episode 1. You don't want to be spoiled, tune out, go watch the episode, and then come back and listen to uh, the Otaku Beef bonus episode on your podcast app or on Anchor. So, we've been rooting for the Starks forever, right? Jon Snow has felt like us when we read the character. Daenerys Targaryen has felt like us. Tyrion has felt like us. And if there have ever been main characters to the books, it is those three. They're the most personal. They're the ones we, we care most about. They're the ones whom we want to see do well. And it's heartbreaking seeing them struggle and seeing things around them crumble, essentially. Uh, The more they struggle, the more they force their opinion and try, the more that they are betrayed for their goodness. And other characters around them have been kind of shifted to be a little bit harsher. Sansa's taking this weird turn where she's becoming a much more realistic character, but in a way, a little bit more spiteful. Where John, despite everything, remains noble. Sansa is slowly becoming, she's not going to let her nobility get in the way of her survival because she's been affected in a terrible way. Both of them has. In the most terrible ways, Sansa was raped by a psychopath and John was killed by his 
allies. Like, they've had it hard. So, neither one of them is trumping the other when it comes to tragedy, but it warms the heart when, despite this, you see John still doing the right thing, even at the cost. There may be a cost, but a lot of times, the cost is a positive one. Even if there is a cost, the cost can be positive. I mean, um, oh shit, what's the name of the guy, the wildling captain? Uh, his name's escaping me. But you know, big guy, red hair, red beard. The cost of him doing right by him constantly again and again and again. The cost is he's gained a valuable ally. He's gained resources. He gained people that can watch a castle for him. It's so fascinating how well this is done. So now, okay, let's jump into like this other thing, which is freaking amazing. How now, as a society on like our accounts, we're fully understanding the next level of the game. Where before it was just fighting amongst houses and fighting amongst troops and locations and uh, nation states and countries and such like that, right? But now, as the North prepares and almost tries to get their walls prepared for the Night King and the, the, basically the army of the undead marching... Whoever's left, all of the sane people from each faction are going to have to start recognizing each other as potential allies. Because a time will come when anybody who's truly alive, you're going to be grateful that they're next to you. Whether they're Greyjoy, Kar Stark, Umber Stark, uh, Targaryen, whoever. You're going to be grateful for them. Because when an army of skeletons comes at your door, you want the person whose heart is beating next to you. And there's this great scene with Arya and some Lannisters where you can slowly see her starting to see them as human beings and not just a faceless enemy. Very well done. And hilarious because when they were, she was walking up, I was like, man, they can really sing in this camp. They must have hired a good actor. Then it pans as Ed Sheeran. I just started rolling. I was like, that's so funny. It takes you out of the show for a little bit, but it's like a nice little nod. Or they're like, yeah, of course, we have Ed Sheeran on here. Let's have him sing a couple of a couple of like Westerosi songs. Freaking fire, man. I thought that was awesome. So then let's jump over to Sam in Old Town. Sam Well and his chamber pot montage. Now, Game of Thrones is a show (laughs) that strikes and doesn't let go and leans into the authenticity and shows everybody the gruesome details of everything, of death especially, of romance, of betrayal, of obsession. It shows the terribleness of things. It shows poor Shireen. It shows the idiocy of Stannis and um, the punishment of naivete, basically. And it literally pulls no punches. We, it, it zoomed in on every fucking chamber pot bowl filled with shit and piss. Fuck you guys. I did not need to see that. 
Oh man, the worst. Anyway, skipping over that, they didn't see it, but I flicked them off. <laughs> they probably don't give a damn. Funny though. So Sam is an old town, studying to be a maester, and he's slowly gotten accustomed to this terrible routine, the same stuff. He cleans up after the elderly and infirmed. He shelves books. I guess he studies. I don't know much more beyond that because they didn't really highlight much more. But he, maybe because this is television, he is pushing so that he can get information that's going to be of use to Jon Snow. He doesn't know that Jon Snow is no longer at the Night's Watch. He doesn't know that he's been killed. He doesn't know that he's the King of the North. All he knows is that he sent them down here to learn so he could be the maester for the Night's Watch. So, Sam is trying to find information about how to kill this army of the undead. The best way he knows how, research. Which is a skill that a lot of people have no patience for. So, He's trying to get access to the restricted section. It's freaking great. He has an amazing conversation with the Archmaester. And the Archmaester puts it to him very, very plainly. He's just like, look, everyone thinks the end is coming. And the end has never come. And the irony being that the Archmaester under any other circumstance would be right. However, this is not an instance of one man versus the next. This is literally the end of humanity, the war against people, the war against life to bring about an age of death that people just aren't prepared for. And so the brilliance of it is that we know Sam is right. He knows Sam is telling the truth, but he doesn't understand the the gravity of it. Obviously, we're waiting on the dragons to go after this army of ice to just breathe fire and lay waste if it comes to that. But we don't know. We know they need weapons. We know it's not going to be easy. Everyone now understands Dragonglass, i.e. Obsidian, kills the, um, the uh, White Walkers, which was such a great addition because Dragonglass is just kind of in the books. And then when you make the connection, you're like, oh, crazy. Because obviously Obsidian is made from lava, fire, so it's like the stone is, has a soul of flames inside of it, can kill the beings of ice. Pretty fucking cool. Shout out to George R. R. Martin. So, everybody who knows what they're doing, i.e. Sam and John and his people, they're looking for Obsidian. Now, we discover there's Obsidian beneath the surface of Dragonstone surrounding it. It's... The, the, the island is basically ringed in it. Probably, en- probably enough to protect the world. It's probably why the castle was built there. And when we go pan over to that section, and that's what I'm going to talk about in finality of this little short miniature bonus episode about this crazy, amazing, fantastic return. We know that that's where we're going to need to pull resources. Now here's the problem. There's too many dumb people getting in the way of doing what needs to be done to save people. Too many people with selfish agendas, bad perspectives, who have lied to themselves and told themselves that they're in the right simply because it eases their soul. Cersei, who may be the worst character in the books, she's unfathomably frustrating in the show as well. 
So let me tell you why that is, because, oh, man. So thanks for listening to this Game of Thrones. Quick little recap review. I'm Zid Raw. Uh, be sure to check out uh, the full version of this and other podcasts on the podcast app. Uh, I want to talk about this last little section just because I'm having so much fun. I'm really charged up, and it's good to get this stuff out. We have to talk about Daenerys, Daenerys Targaryen, but first, let me get over my ideas about Cersei because she's my least favorite character from the book. She's somebody who really believes that she's so brilliant and she's really not and it's frustrating to see her continue to get her way which is the case with a lot of people in real life but to see them so grown it's sad and I feel like the character they've portrayed on the show is a little bit different than what's in the book on the show they've made her much more sympathetic a little bit more understated and far more conniving as opposed to just um, self-involved and I don't know if I'm buying it, but that's kind of how it is. So just to give you a quick little brief summary, she's like, oh, I'm going to make an alliance with Joran Greyjoy, who is the new king of the Iron Islands. His entrance made her interactions interesting. Her stuff with Jamie, I wasn't a fan of because Jamie's just kind of sitting there twiddling his thumbs. He needs to get away as far as he can from her because she's bad news. She has a zombie dude, and hopefully Arya can make it and knock her off the freaking chessboard. I cannot wait. So, Daenerys Targaryen. We have this great transition where Sam is walking, and he's getting collecting bowls of food from different, like, infirmed areas. And then the hand shoots out and like says is she back is she back and then sam like freaks out he's like who and he's like the the dragon queen daenerys stormborn and obviously from the voice um you know it's her old bear um her previous bodyguard the one who was started to get grayscale he's that's they show his grayscale hand he's obviously done you know where he is he's supposed to find a cure but obviously he did not so sad in for him, but but we get to pan over to Daenerys and we see her finally, finally after six seasons, after so many books, after so many years, she finally arrives on Westerosi soil, her homeland. And I know it's fictitious and I know it's not me, but it was so satisfying knowing what she's been through the pains, the frustration, the betrayal, the loss over and over again. Her trying to do the right thing and then being worse for wear. Her desperate to do the right thing and then finally things are clicking and now she understands her true nature and her true power. She's finally doing things of her own accord and it's so satisfying. And seeing her teamed up with Tyrion, it's great. We didn't even get to see anything from them. There were no words. It was just walking. And beautiful landscape of Dragonstone where Stannis used to be. And what's so funny about it, the more they show, there's all these little dragon icons and release statues and full busts of dragons and a stone throne. And I'm like, was there this much dragon uh, paraphernalia and iconography when Stannis was there and they just didn't show it? Or... 
did they add that in? Like, it was pretty funny. I really loved it. I really can't wait. And they literally only said one sentence in that entire scene. She said, let's get started. When she stepped into the war room with the figures where there's the map of the seven kingdoms, I cannot wait for next week. Is probably the best show on TV. Now, they have said that they're probably going to do fewer episodes, but each episode was going to be like a miniature movie. Like, this one was 62 minutes, like, full. So that's like, with commercials, an hour and a half. It's awesome. I'm so excited. Thank you for guys for listening to this Game of Thrones uh, review, recap, spoiler-filled. I'm going to do one of these every week just because this show is killing it. And I'm going to get this to you early right away. I'm going to post this right now. I hope you guys get a chance to watch it. Go watch it again. I'm probably going to watch the previous season again. There's so much great TV. We have so much to look forward to. Love, peace, and serenity. I hope everybody has a great evening. Zidra Otaku B.